Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. Four years ago, I was in the Spanish Pyrenees. The Pyrenees are these massive mythic mountains that separate Spain and France. And I met a couple of guys, there's an uncle and a nephew, who invited me on a climb the very next day to go up Monte Perdido, the uh, third tallest peak in the Pyrenees. And I just had to accept the offer, it was too great. So five o'clock the next morning, I'm up and I'm packing my gear. And I go and have breakfast and then I meet these two guys and we go up and catch this bus to the trailhead. We walk in five kilometers to, uh, to this refuge, which lies at the foot of Monte Perdido. And all the way from the trailhead to the refuge, we'd been kind of leapfrogging these two other guys. It was a father and son team. And at the refuge, we decided to all get together and be a climbing party of five. Much to my chagrin, because the father was 80 years old. And that really kind of destroyed my seniority by 13 years. I, I no longer had, you know, uh, uh, lagging rights or complaining rights. <laughs> I hadn't done any complaining, but I thought I could. Uh, and, and on top of it, this guy, this 80-year-old guy, was a, he was a real mountaineer. He, there was no stopping him. So I knew I was going to have to keep up with him for the rest of the trip. We head out from the refuge. The refuge is uh, three kilometers from the summit, and it's a, an elevation gain of 4,000 feet to the peak. So we start out, we cross a couple of rock faces that really kind of have me freaked out. And sort of the, for the rest of the scramble, all I can think of is I got to go down this stuff. And we continue and walking, and then we cross over this little saddle into what they call the escupadera. Um, so that's Spanish, and I was just thinking it's like, in French, it's like a couloir. I don't know what they call it in English, but it's this big bowl that kind of rises up to the to the summit of the mountain, and it's bordered on both sides by these rock spurs that come down from the top. And we get there, and uh, Abba, the old man, and Fernando, the uncle, decide that we're going to walk up this one rock spur to avoid the snowfield in the uh, Escupadera. So we stash our backpacks, and we just carry water, camera, little chocolate, you know, dried fruit or something in our pockets. And we get ready to go, and these guys step up, and they're walking away up there. Well, I put one foot on this ridge of rock, and I realize I'm kind of in over my head. This is, a, I have a vision problem. I don't have any depth of field. And so I can tell very easily that it's a 100-foot drop-off over here, and it's a 1,000 feet over there, but I can't really tell how far away the ground is from my foot. And uh, so I stand there, and I'm thinking, okay, I just got to focus and breathe and walk and pay attention and keep on going. And that's what I do, and these guys are gaining on me. They're already like five minutes ahead of me. And every once in a while, Fernando turns around and he says, Hey, Francisco! You know, I went, yeah, hey, I'm coming, you know. And uh, by the time I get to the end of this rock spur, it drops down to the, uh, to the scree, about 300 meters below the summit. 
The rest of the climbing party, they're already up at the top, and I see them just kind of getting over the crest, and Fernando looks down at me one more time, and he waves, and I wave up at him, and they disappear up to the summit. And I take a step on this scree, and suddenly I get this unbelievable cramp in my right hamstring. I'd never had one of these before, and it was excruciating. And I'm on the scree, and I'm sliding down. It's 50 degrees angle. And I'm sliding down, and I'm trying to straighten out my leg and turn my body, and, and nothing's working. And I sit down on the scree, and I kind of wait it out. And after about two minutes, it dissipates, and I sit another two minutes, and I think, okay, I got to get going. So I stand back up, and I start walking up the scree, and bam, I get hit both hamstrings at the same time, and basically, I'm flung back onto the scree, and I'm sliding down, and I'm in excruciating pain. And I, I can't get these things out. I can't, I, like, I can't twist and turn because if I turn this way, it hurts this leg. And so I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and, and they're rock hard. And finally, it goes away, about four minutes of this. And I'm sitting there catching my breath, and I start berating myself. What is the matter with me? What was I thinking? First of all, here I am at 11,000 feet, less than 24 hours earlier, I was in Barcelona at sea level. This may not have been the right choice for me. <laughs> and then, what's the matter with my eyes? I mean, I, I can't see well. And my legs, am I going to, you know, this is embarrassing, really embarrassing. This 80-year-old guy has been up on the summit for, you know, 10, 15 minutes already. And I should have at least been right there with him. And... Uh, and I'm starting to feel real bad. And, and, and then I notice way out in the distance, about a mile away, up high in the sky, there are these two birds circling. And I know immediately that these are the Pyrenean, uh, they call them griffin vultures. Because I remember reading about a woman who had fallen on Monte Perdido. And before the rescue team could get to her... <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> It was just clean bones. That was all that was left. And I sort of like chuckled to myself in some cynical way, and I thought, oh, this is what they call Spanish life flight. And, uh, you know, but, but I was seriously concerned about, about my condition. I mean, I'm thinking, I, 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 I'm really lucky this didn't happen to me on the way up. You know, what if I had had this experience on this rock spur? And how am I going to cross those things going down? And my leg's actually going to be able to carry me out of here. And, and I'm thinking of all this, and I'm also thinking, like, it's, it's getting kind of chilly here. I, after all, I've been sitting. I'm in shirt sleeves because it was really a warm, beautiful day, but I'm in the shadow now of this spur. And there's wind coming up over the snow, and it's just a little cool. And I'm getting kind of concerned, and then I start to think, nobody has any idea where I am. Not a soul I know knows where I am. And the four guys on the top of the mountain who know where I am don't have any idea who I am or where I belong. <laughs> and I start to feel really alone. And I start to feel really uncomfortable with this and very insignificant. And then this thought comes to me, I remember Albert Camus' book, The Stranger. And in the end, the last scene, this prisoner, this 
crazy guy is looking up at the night sky and he opens his heart to the benign indifference of the universe. And I look out at this scene in front of me and I realize this, this is what I'm looking at is benign. And it is extraordinarily beautiful. It's like as far as the eye can see, there are mountain peaks in the distance and they, as they go, they go from blue to purple and dark and the, and the sky comes down and it meets these mountains in this seamless way and the sky itself is absolutely brilliant blue. And then I see these rock faces in front of me, the nearby mountains, and they're all these angles, and they have these crevices in them, and they have snow fields and glaciers and frozen lakes, and they have these striations through the rock, and, and it's like stunning, absolutely stunning. And then I start to smell this, this air, and the air is cool, and it smells a little bit damp, and it smells like the earth, it smells like rock. And then I realized I'm feeling behind me the weight of this enormous mountain, Monte Perdido. And I'm, I'm astonished. And I look out over all of this and I think, wow, I could die here. <laughs> and it, actually, it would be okay because this is extraordinary. I feel incredibly blessed to be here and to be able to see this and witness this and feel like I am actually a part of this. And I realize I'm in this reverie and suddenly I think, no, I'm not ready to die. I really got to climb that mountain. And I look up behind me and the guys aren't coming down, which means I better get up there because if they start coming down, I'm not going to get a chance to go up there. So I stand up and I plant my trekking poles in the ground and I start slipping and sliding and, and smashing my ankles against this scree and I'm huffing and puffing and I get up to the top and I cross this little snow field and I see the summit of the mountain and I feel like totally elated. This is incredible. It's beautiful. It's extraordinary. I did it. I did it. And, I, and then these guys turn around. And they see me, and they throw their arms up in the air, and they say, yay, yay. And the two young guys who were there, they actually jump up in the air, yay. And we have some hugs, you know, and, and drink some water, and then there's some nuts and dried fruit. And somehow, Fernando actually managed to bring up a thermos of coffee, had some coffee, and took a lot of pictures, and then looked all around this mountain. You could see 360 degrees all the way around, it was like the entire planet was lying at my feet. This was, this was just an amazing reunion up on top of the mountain. And then it was time to go, and we start heading down the mountain, and I find myself walking with Abba, the old guy. And as we head down, I'm sort of dreading going back over to that rock spine, but he's heading down towards the snow field, and we get to the snow field, and we sit down on the snow and glissade down, and in about a minute's time, we covered as much territory as it took me 40 minutes to walk up. <laughs> and we get down to the bottom, and, and Abba and I stand up, and we look at each other, and we kind of laugh and grin and smile. And I realized at that moment that while I was sitting on the mountain thinking about being utterly alone, I was in fact part of this, this group, even though it was a day. 
These guys didn't know just where I was. They knew who I was, as much as you could possibly know somebody in a day. And the fact of the matter is that we will all keep each other in our memories for a long, long time. And to me, that was the frosting on the cake.